But who's at risk of fishing? Well, we're sorry to say it, everyone in your business, and especially you, if you're the boss of the business, you are going to be the target. And it's a real threat that you need to take seriously. I'm Mark Gardell from M3 Networks. We are an IT support and cybersecurity specialist. Because we know that running a business is hard enough as it is right without IT causing more headaches and frustration, which is why we aim to make IT an enjoyable experience for our customers. If you'd like to find out more about what we do, check us out at m3networks.co.uk. Welcome to this episode of TechSSI, Mark Rodell. And in this episode, we're going to be running through the Business Owner's Complete Guide to Fishing. Now, it was just a few episodes ago that I ran through the different types of fishing, talking about smishing and fishing and all sorts of different things. But today we're going to be diving a little bit deeper into fishing and we've just recently produced this guide, which you can download on our website. There'll be a link, of course, in the show notes for you to be able to download this PDF, print it out, send it to your colleagues, send it to your boss, send it to your family members, who are working for other businesses out there because this is really useful information on what to do to prevent fishing from becoming a problem in your business and keeping you, your team and your data safe. Now, I think, of course, we all know or have heard of fishing, at least. You know, even if you don't know much about it, you probably know it's something that you want to avoid. But do you really know what it means and exactly how a fishing attack works? Now, in our experience, lots of people don't actually know the specifics, and that's okay. But the key to keeping your business protected from a phishing attack is to know exactly how they work and then the red flags to look out for. This guide that we've produced is here to do that. So what exactly is phishing? Now, I feel like I've talked about phishing several times over the last year on the TechSS podcast. But for those of you maybe just listened for the first time, or those of you just starting to take an interest in cybersecurity, or maybe you've just had a cyber attack and you're really concerned and you want to kind of increase your knowledge about cybersecurity and how these things happen, then this is for you. So it's called phishing because cyber criminals will bait unsuspecting victims into biting, much in the same way that you lure a fish to a hook with a big juicy maggot. And this virtual bait is usually in the form of an email. And when the victim gets hooked, their device and potentially their whole network can become infected with malware. Or the victim is enticed into giving away some login credentials which can lead to a data loss and even financial theft. Phishing just isn't inconvenient. You should also see how much time, expense and stress has to be invested in fixing the damage that this causes. Because understand this, you want to avoid a phishing attack at all costs. And phishing doesn't always come in the form of email either, but more than that later. Just to help you understand just how prevalent phishing attacks have become, here are some scary stats for you. Now, last year, 83% of organisations reported experienced phishing attacks, and that was up 28% from 2020. And it's expected that there will be additional 6 billion phishing attacks this year. A third of all phishing emails are opened and that's quite an eye-watering statistic. If you think about how many people in your business and how many people receive phishing attacks on a daily basis, that a third of them will actually be opened. And around 90% of data breaches occur as a result of phishing. So it's very, very lucrative for the cyber criminals out there. One in 99 emails is a phishing attack. And 25% of these slip through the security filters 
in your Microsoft 365 inbox because no system is 100% effective, right? I've said that several times on this show. So there's always going to be a chance that a phishing attack email will get through to one or more of your users. Now, 60% of successful phishing attacks actually result in lost data. So that's over half of them. And 52% result in a compromise of login credentials. So one of your users will be tricked into giving away their username and password for their email system or some other system because cyber criminals have set up a fake login page and tricked them into thinking it was the real login page and they've gone and given away their credentials. And 47% of phishing attacks lead to ransomware where all your data is encrypted and then it's held hostage until you pay a ransom fee unless you've got some other sort of plan to get yourself out of that situation before it happens. But first up, I just want to tell you a little bit about the IT services buyer's guide that we have. This is a free document on our website. You don't have to enter any information to get access to it. You just need to head over to www.m3networks.co.uk forward slash buyer's guide and you'll be able to click the link and get the download. And this is going to give you loads of information to help you understand the questions that you need to ask any potential IT partner in your business, or indeed just go back and ask these questions to your existing IT company, and then you can help find out whether you're being served correctly and whether there's any gaps in the IT support services that you are being offered. Now, let's get back to the episode. So what does a phishing attack actually look like? So a phishing email will drop into your inbox just like any other normal email. And often it will look like it's been sent from a legitimate sender so you won't suspect anything is wrong. And this is the key to making it so successful. And this is dangerous because when it's pretending to be from popular companies like Amazon or PayPal, most people have a login for these sites. So it's not going to be something that you've never had a login to. It's going to be something that pretty much all of us have a login to. But in some cases, the attacker will have learnt some information about you, such as the specific services that you subscribe to, and then email becomes all the more believable and therefore riskier. And at a glance, the email won't look suspicious. Everything is as it's supposed to be, so it's likely you won't question its contents, especially as it's often an urgent request for you to take action, which can be distracting in itself. Because when some urgency is placed upon the request in the email, people's security guards tend to drop a little bit because they panic about what's going to happen if they don't take action. And that's the whole point. They're kind of pressing the emotional trigger there to get you to take action. So this urgent request can work in different ways. It can ask you to open an attached file, perhaps asking you to confirm the details of a recent purchase. Sometimes you see them from shipping companies where they say, here's attached your tracking information or something. Of course, you open the file And before you know it, your device may become infected with malware. And if that device is connected to a business network, then it's possible that that malware could spread to other devices. Then you've got a real problem in your hands. Another common approach is to ask you just to click on a link. And this might take you to a fake page, which I said earlier, like a a spoofed web page pretending to be a service that you really use. And then when you log in, you've accidentally given your login details to the criminals. Now, earlier on in this episode, I said that phishing isn't always an email. Phishing attacks can actually take many different forms. And in a recent episode of TechSess, you might remember where I talked about those different forms of phishing and smishing and all sorts of different things. There's quite a few others as well. 
But I'm not going to go into too much depth on those things in this episode because, like I said, there is a previous episode about that which we'll link to you down in the show notes. But just be aware that there's other forms of phishing that might not just come in as an email. There's some more sophisticated things out there, things like smishing where you get an SMS message straight to your mobile phone. We've probably all had those, especially during the time of the pandemic, things faking to be the NHS and test and trace and all sorts of things. So if you want to find out more about the different types of phishing, then go and head over and check out that previous episode. But what I am going to spend a few minutes talking about today is the different types of phishing emails to be aware of, because we didn't talk about those in that previous episode. And there's four kind of key main ones here. So talking about spear phishing, where these are sent to specific people who have been researched to some degree within your business. So the information and the email is more relevant and therefore more believable. There's whaling, where these phishing emails are sent to people in executive positions within a business who are more likely to have greater access to sensitive areas of the networks. Of course, directors, managing directors, your finance director, they're going to have much more access to different areas and more sensitive data within the business. So it's a much more viable target. That's why it's called whaling. So it's like obviously a big fish, right? And then there's clone phishing, where copies an email you've already received and adds a message such as resending this, but includes a malware link for you to click on. And then finally, man-in-the-middle attacks, where a cyber criminal jumps in the middle of an existing email thread, potentially with one of your customers or a supplier, and they take over the other side of the conversation. They already have your trust and can ask you to take a specific action because you're already kind of in mid-conversation with someone. Who's at risk of phishing? Well, we're sorry to say it, and you know what's going to come, but everyone in your business, and especially you, if you're the boss of the business, and remember back to what I said about whaling, you are going to be the target, and it's a real threat that you need to take seriously. And this isn't something you can write off in your mind as, it'll never be targeted at us, we were too small or too obscure a business. Cyber criminals are using automated tools to target all businesses all the time. They don't really care how big or how small you are because a pound is a pound, right? It's the same value to them. You don't read about small businesses being affected because those stories are not juicy enough to end up in the news, but it's happening to more small businesses than what you would think. Now, you'd think that big companies in the world would have adequate protection and training and be investing in systems and ways to prevent fishing from becoming an issue, right? Sadly, not. And actually, some of the biggest companies in the world have been easily fooled by phishing scams. And here's a few examples for you to take away. Now, between 2013 and 2015, Facebook and Google were scammed out of $100 million when cyber criminals carried out an extended phishing campaign. They actually took advantage of the fact that both companies used the same Taiwanese vendor called Quanta. They sent a series of invoices pretending to be from Quanta, and both Facebook and Google paid the invoices. When the scam was discovered, it was taken to the US courts. The attacker was arrested and extradited from Lithuania and Facebook and Google recovered just under half of what was stolen. So they still lost over $50 million between them. And in 2014, Sony Pictures became the victim of a phishing attack that wasn't about money. These attackers were believed to have a connection to North Korea and they targeted Sony because of a movie it refused to withdraw that mocked Kim Jong-un, who is obviously the North Korean dictator. The cyber criminals used fake emails to steal huge amounts of information from Sony's network. That included email conversations about staff members, scripts, 
and employees' personal information. Today, the White House fired back. National Security Council spokesman Mark Stroh told CBS News they can admit their culpability and compensate Sony for the damages this attack caused. They even gained access to Sony's offices by tricking their way in. Then they impersonated IT staff and installed malware in Sony's system. You just can't really write this stuff. It's incredible reading. The attack ended up costing Sony around $35 million in IT repairs. So otherwise, they had to fix their systems. Um, and you know, obviously, no money was paid to the attackers in that point. But it actually just cost them a fortune to actually undo the damage that was caused. How do we stay protected? What can you do? ensure that your small and medium-sized business doesn't become a victim of a phishing attack. Well, as with most types of cybercrime, protection against phishing starts with good education. Everyone in your entire business should have regular cybersecurity awareness training. And we really do mean everyone, because if someone is using any device, they need to be aware of the risks and the red flags to look out for. And this includes you as the boss, by the way. There's no getting out of this because you are one of the prime targets. So you need to ensure that you're educated as well. There's no excuses. And when it comes to phishing attacks, there's a number of warning signs that you and your team should be on the lookout for. But here's five simple things you can take away from this episode to help spot a phishing attack. So look for things like misspelled words in website addresses or email addresses. Spelling mistakes are a bit of a dead giveaway. Look out for oddly named attachments. So if the attachment doesn't make sense or it's random characters or it's just a whole load of gibberish, then that's a bit of a red flag. Check out who the email is addressed to, particularly if you see that it just says dear customer or dear sir or dear madam or whatever. Usually if the email is genuine, it's going to be personalized because they actually know who you are, right? I mean, I've seen ones myself pretending to be Netflix and it'll say things like dear customer. I'm like, well, Netflix knows who I am. So if they're going to send me an email, which if they have in the past, it always has my actual name on it. So that's a bit of a warning sign there. Look out for poor grammar and punctuation. Basically, any bad English is a bit of a red flag, of course. Nowadays, I would say that that's not as common. The phishing emails you get nowadays tend to be pretty well written. So they're a bit harder to spot because, of course, the criminals know that if the spelling is bad or the grammar and the punctuation is bad, we all know that that's a bit of a red flag. And look for an unusual layout to the email. Of course, you know by now what a normal email is laid out like. But if you get one from Amazon, for example, and the graphics in the email don't quite line up or the quality of the Amazon logo looks bad or just something doesn't look quite right, then that's a bit of a red flag because, you know, these big companies have these things looking pretty good because it's all about their brand and image and things. If a scammer is going to impersonate them, they might have slipped up and kind of made a mistake, used an old copy of the logo or they're not quite the right colour of the Netflix red. You'll be able to just kind of get a feel to say that doesn't look quite right. And if it doesn't look quite right, then it probably isn't. Sadly, that's all I've got time for in this episode. There is some more advice in the actual PDF guide about how to prevent phishing attacks, how to improve your security to make sure that these things don't happen to your business. But if you want to get that information, you're going to have to click on the link in the show notes and actually download the PDF guide. As always, if you want more information or you need some help protecting your business, please feel free to get in touch. The best way to do this is to head over to m3networks.co.uk forward slash meetmark. And you'll be able to see my calendar widget there where you can book a 15-minute consultation call at a time that suits you. 
happy to do this by phone or by teams if you want to jump on a video call whatever suits you best so have a great day and we'll see you next time texas is an m3 networks podcast find out more at m3networks.co.uk